We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Welcome to the Rotowire DFS show. I'm Adam Zadroik, joined by Jack Burkhart, joined by Ryan Belangi. We're here to discuss the 10-game slate on Sunday in the Premier League. Ryan King, the pitch champion. Jack, uh, FSWA winner, soccer winner, FSWA soccer writer of the year. What's up, guys? I'm just a just a random editor here, just running the show here. Jack Ryan. Oh, it's who's going great. Who's winning the 100K here? Who's winning the 100K? Oh, I think I am, and then we'll let Ryan okay. finish second. I think that would okay, be Okay, so uh... what's going on? We can even I'll have Jordan in third. Jordan I'll and his Vegas lineup in third. That's what we'll do. I got, I got a few tickets. I'm going to win the 20K. I'm just one of the lonely... One of the lowly uh, 20 people going for 20K in, in the main contest. But we got a lot of stuff to talk about here. As you can see on the screen, rotowire.com slash soccer trial, free 48-hour trial. And guess what? If you start that trial right now, you'll be able to have this cleach, uh, this cheat sheet right here um, for the show. But obviously, you're going to want it for MLS. You're going to want it for Liga MX. The final is happening I think it's Sunday night. The second leg of that final is happening. So you're going to want a full subscription. So once you're in there, we'll, 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 we won't be talking as much in the Discord, but we'll still be talking throughout the summer. Uh, there will surely be some, some MLS talk uh, after Premier League. But uh, as we get into this late here, there will be conversations in the Discord because lineups are unknown. We don't know what's going to happen with lineups here. Um, we'll see what happens. Overall, in terms of teams that don't have anything to play for, that do have something to play for, but uh, I guess we'll just—I'll shoot it to you, Ryan, here first. On in terms of how do you take in this slate here? We have a—it's a ten-game slate. There's really nothing like it throughout the season. Probably the max is maybe six uh, before this. Now it's ten games, twenty teams. It's just a little bit uh, now a lot different than pretty much anything we played all season. Yeah, right. It's a lot different, a little bit daunting when you first look at a 10 game soccer slate. Um, you know, I think the first thing I would do or the first thing I did is simplified it by the odds. Um, I see, you know, on the cheat sheet here, we have 
three teams with a total above two. So like Arsenal, Liverpool, and United uh, are in pretty good spots. And then, you know, probably the best spot or what, what most people will be looking at is this Everton matchup home against Bournemouth. They have a two total and we know Everton are one of the few teams still playing for something. Uh, they need a win to avoid relegation and it's a great matchup for them. And then you have Crystal Palace at home against Forest right below them. So I would say like, those are the, I started looking at those five teams. Um, sort of noticeable that city has a total under two, you know, they, they have the champions league final coming up the week after, and, you know, you can't really count on any of their players to play 90 minutes, no matter who starts. I mean, so FA cup and then champions league final, right. Both. So I think it's fine to just completely disregard city. Um, and then, yeah, one more team Leicester, because they also have motivation. If, if Everton were to slip up and Leicester win, Leicester can avoid the drop. So at least from like a cash game or optimal point of view, you know, start with those teams. Um, obviously for tournaments, it's completely different because we have 20 teams to choose from. And I mean, it's a great slate for tournaments because there's just going to be so many players that are, you know, 5% or lower, you know, as, as people will still gravitate towards certain chalk even with so many teams to choose from. So a really fun slate for tournaments, for cash games. You know, we'll break it down. Yeah, also for for those watching, we do have, we will have two articles. Ryan's writing up the cash game article. Jack has the tournament article. We will have those on Rotowire. So check that out. But guess what? You got to be a subscriber, rotowire.com slash soccer trial to read those articles. Jack, you wrote the tournament one which is a massive undertaking because really it you it's impossible just to write, you know, 220 players here, here are all the 220 names here and uh, here, just play all these guys and just get the goals, find the goals and do that. You kind of went game by game by game. Uh, did your, when you went through all the games, did your line of thinking kind of mesh with what Ryan's saying with the teams that, that stand out more than the others? Yeah, it definitely did mesh. So that was a, an undertaking going through every single game. So please accept my apologies if I don't mention your favorite player. Uh, we're not going to mention all 220 <laughs> 20 guys in this piece. Um, I, I think my takeaways were mostly like Ryan's. I mean, it's a 10-game slate, and we can just play players on really high totals and on really good teams. And honestly, I don't know how big a deal incentive is outside of this Everton and Leicester match. I think otherwise, you know, I kind of just want to target good players on good teams that can score what I was imagining is like, I want to highlight players I think have a route to 25 points because you're going to need to score a lot of points on this slate. Look at all the implied team total, all the implied game totals, like could be like 33, 35 goals on this slate. So you want guys that are able to get braces. So obviously, you know, these usual suspect matchups that Ryan mentioned, but there are some home teams that I like who have some like hidden incentive. I like uh, Aston Villa versus Brighton. I mean, Brighton feel like they might be on vacation. Villa are a good team playing at home, and there's some cheap players on that team. And I think, you know, you don't necessarily have to hunt for a low-owned brace, but I think that could be really helpful. And there might be a couple guys who could give that kind of value in the Aston Villa game. Um, Chelsea are terrible, so I'm attracted to Newcastle, even if they're on the road. I mean, there's a few pieces that you can play there. Although Newcastle's fantasy distribution is really spread out, but it's worth considering. 
and then talk about the teams that don't care anymore. I don't know if Leeds are formally out of it, but this Leeds Tottenham game could quickly get out of hand in either direction. Um, and I'm a, you know, I have one ticket into this King of the Pitch, so I feel like if I don't ride with my boy Harry Kane on what's possibly his last game, I couldn't live with myself. But I mean, he has just as much upside as someone like Marcus Rashford, who's going to be very popular. So I'm just looking for players who are in good teams where I think the team can score three goals and I think my player can get a goal or assist. Or like someone like a Dwight McNeil, who's probably going to be chalky and you might not want to play him, but Dwight McNeil can score 25 points with only one goal based on his floor. So you're looking for that in your range of outcomes and then, you know, pray. Hope you hit your eight-way parlay. Ten-way parlay. Ten-way parlay. Yeah, counting's not my strong suit. So for cash games, do you guys think it's still the same strategy of just, you know, set piece takers getting the safest plays when there's these, when there's 20 teams, when you have the teams that can, that can pop off for the three, four or five goals, do you guys still think it's the same kind of strategy or maybe are you more inclined to play maybe one of these goal scorers, Ryan, you're writing the article on it. Are you kind of, is it still the same kind of thing? You just want, okay, we got James Madison, we got Dwight McNeil, we got TAA, Trippier. Is it still the same kind of guys? Or are you thinking, you know, maybe 10 games, maybe it's a little different strategy for cash games? Um, yeah, I think it is the same kind of guys. Um, and, you know, maybe it wouldn't have been, but it's partly because of the spots, you know, like this spot for Everton, as Jack said, them and Leicester are really the only two teams on the whole slate with motivation and Everton have a ton of it. And this is basically the best matchup they could have, you know, I mean, one of the best possible matchups, you know, we never see Everton with a total around two. So, you know, McNeil, who's already a good cash play sort of becomes just a little bit better based on that. 9,700 is a lot to pay, but you know, who are the alternatives? You mentioned going for goals. There's there's not like anyone that sticks out that has any sort of a floor and upside, I guess, over the other ones. Like, are you going to play Rashford? Are you going to pay even more for Salah? I mean, I don't think so. McNeil's floor is just so high, and he has some upside too. Um, I mean, yeah, I don't know. What do you think? I'm still like looking at the same – the same type of players, I guess, is the answer. I don't think too much changes. Yeah, I feel like if this was like a Champions League slate and we had like the Lincoln Red Imps, they're visiting the Bernabeo and, you know, you have Kareem Benzema <laughs> minus 1,200 to score. Like that materially changes because there could be teams that score like six goals in a Champions League slate. And that, you know, you want to angle yourself for upside. You don't want to just be like sort of just targeting Tony Cruz set pieces in that particular situation. But there's no egregious mismatches in all of these. Like I think Arsenal are 70% favorites home to Wolves, but... You know, there's no team that's just clearly going to dunk on the other team. And no one has like no one has like crazy high goal odds for a for a good price either. I think it's you like Haaland minus one sixty five because the books are sick of paying right Haaland <laughs> bets. And you just you're never going to play pay ten two for Haaland just with with Manchester City, you know, in the spot that they're in. Yeah, so I think you just want to target set pieces from players and good matchups. And it's not like we're like, Oh, we're like, it's not like risky to play Dwight McNeil. The matchup's fantastic. So yeah, you know, there's no one that like with, there's no one that's going to beat you using this strategy. I mean, like, because there's no, there with so 10 games, there's no one that's going to be chalky enough to beat you. None of these goal scores 
that like stand out as cash plays. No, no goal scorer is going to be chalky. So um, it doesn't even matter. You can just play the best strategy and win no problem. Yeah, there's no like a Mitrovic over Iwobi 1v1 that completely like, crushes your day. <laughs> right, you know, there, there's none of that. <laughs> so I think you just want to bank the points. There's no reason to... I mean, like Dwight McNeil, his range of outcomes is elite, plus 185 to score. I feel like the goal odds are a little bit juice because all the totals are juice. But, I mean, you're talking one in three times he scores and he's a 10-point floor. I mean, run me down if I play cash. Like, it's it feels, feels too easy almost. But I don't know too if I want to play elsewhere. But like, do you want to play Sokka for 8,800 or do you want to play McNeil? Maybe you can try to play both. Um, I mean, Sokka would be a good play, but I feel a little bit better about McNeil. Mikel Arteta said something weird about Sokka maybe being injured. I couldn't really parse through what he did. So maybe you shouldn't take that too much at face value. But I mean, you know, are Arsenal going to sub their guys early so they get a curtain call from the fans? I have no idea. So I just feel best about, you know, don't take this too literally in tournaments, but you know, I just play McNeil. Jesus has good goal scoring odds, but I mean, if he doesn't score, McNeil's going to crush Jesus probably. Or I mean, just play both because I think there are salary constructions where you can just play both. So McNeil feels like an easy click. I'm rambling at this point. What do you all think? I think I said the Ryan same agrees thing. with you. Well, yeah, I said the same thing pretty much in my article. I mean, Saka was the other guy I mentioned, and it wouldn't necessarily be over McNeil. I mean, I guess there's like a, you know, might be a scenario if you're sure McNeil's playing left back and maybe you don't want to play him, but you're probably going to play McNeil in cash. There might be a way to play both of them, depending on what happens if, if where the value is. Um, but yeah, there's just not that many forwards. After that, you know, who are you going to go to? I mentioned maybe a Wobi for 7,300, but you know, now he's priced up without any set pieces. At least you do get 90 minutes and, other peripherals and you know some upside um so that's i guess that's fine you mentioned jesus you know i guess i guess um cody gakpo is 7100 i guess um you know if you go if you go below that there's not much i mean maybe i'll let you i don't know what do you think adam uh, there's a lot of guesses based off what you're saying. You're, you're, there's just a lot of guesses. I uh, guess this guy. I guess this guy. You know, it's just weird. It was weird on a ten game slate that there that the forward position's pretty weak, especially mm-hmm. especially in the mid range and below. Like, how can there not be, you know, a viable punt uh, on a, with twenty teams to choose from? I don't know. Maybe you guys can point me to one, but. Maybe Jack Jack will talk to us about Vardy because I know he's 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 high on forty nine hundred Jamie Vardy. But I mean that just tells you if you if Jack's considering Vardy that there's just no value at forward, which is weird on, on the biggest slate of the season. Yeah, I was uh, I was booed pretty aggressively. Tomatoes were thrown at me when I typed in Jamie Vardy as a potential punt option if you want to spend down at a forward spot in cash games and and Ryan's right. There's really no screaming values at this forward position. I'm kind of scrolling through and I feel like, well, these are all reasonably priced. I think Jesus is probably underpriced. So maybe I like Jesus more than I will be because I will be is maybe efficiently priced. Jesus feels underpriced and maybe he gets an eight point floor and then you roll the dice on that goal in a game where they'll have all the possession against wolves. So I think, I think he's a pretty good like value, but I mean, who else screams from a value perspective? I mean, I think like, the 6,000 range, there's some guys to pick in tournaments, but you're not going to play Ollie Watkins in cash at 6,500. You're not going to play Isaac in cash if he starts as a, 
you know, on the wing, not like a central forward at 6,500. You just keep on scrolling down and the cheapest acceptable option does seem to be Jamie Vardy. Uh, Lester have incentive if he starts. I mean, I don't know. Does Vardy take penalties necessarily? That would help boost his case as well. Uh, maybe he I, plays a little bit more because, you know, he basically Madison is missed City. the last one. Yeah. So, I mean, I mean, who knows? But I think uh, so, it's well, fine. Are, are you guys less likely to spend down at this forward spot because there, there are 10 games, because there's so many players, because you just don't want to – you don't want to complete punt in this spot like we did with uh, Onuachu or whoever a couple weeks ago? Are, are you just less likely to do that because there's so many options and you just don't want the two-pointer in your squad kind of a thing? Yeah, it feels irresponsible to play in cash games. Vardy over, I will be your Jesus. Like, you're going to – like – so much of that, like I even thought last week, because it was like a four game slate that I was going to, if I was going to play Jaden Anthony as my second forward, like so many times, I'm just going to get two points from Jaden Anthony and then someone's going to smoke me. And I just have no chance to make up those other points in the rest of the lineup. And I feel like that's going to apply again. There's got to be some forward in the 7,000s that you like. So, I mean, just play Iwobi or Jesus in your second forward instead. Um, I don't want to spend down. I don't want to, you know, play Vardy in your. Play Vardy in your tournament lineups. Play him in your king of the pitch lineups. But it's probably stupid in cash games. Yeah, I sort of just – I just so – I let the slate dictate it. Um, there's there's going to be some cheap value at midfield, probably a couple options. There's going to be some value at defender um, and not value at forward. So then I'll spend up at forward. You know, if it was a different type of slate where you wanted two 9K mids and there was just nothing at – at cheap, cheap for midfield, then maybe I'd, you know, play a 3,500 on a watch or whoever, then it just doesn't matter. But I think there's going to be enough value at the other positions. Yeah. I think when it comes to it, you just kind of look at some of these cheaper forwards and it's like, do you want to play this guy or do you want to play a Lewis Hall or a James Garner um, run through the forward list? I, there are, there are options that you can look at. Uh, that maybe could make sense in a certain lineup. Like Richarlison's 5,400, which is pretty cheap for a game against Leeds for a forward if he starts. You got those Bournemouth guys. Uh, Dango is 5,200. You got a couple guys at 4K, David Brooks and Jaden Anthony. And then Vout Veghorst is always a talking point at 4,600. I mean, he's, he's just always in there. I mean, his goal odds are somewhere around here. Maybe maybe I overshot that, but uh, plus four one plus one forty to score at forty six hundred. I mean, some people are going to play him um, because of those goal odds if he starts that kind of a thing. But I mean, you, then you compare those guys, and it's like, okay, well, Lewis Hall, maybe you're getting some set pieces from him. James Garner, maybe you're getting some set pieces from him. Well, is it worth risking the the two points from Veghorst or Jaden Anthony, or do you want you know the possible ten point floor from? from Hall and Garner, that kind of thing. So I, I guess it's just kind of how you're building your lineup and, and what you get to. And if you're going to find the money to get up to someone like I will be or, or someone else, but a question for this Everton lineup. So we don't know. So DCL is out. Calvert Lewin's out. We could get Damari Gray starting up top, or we could get Neil Malpe. Neil Malpe is 6,100. Uh, so he's a little cheaper, but if I'm not saying this for cash games though, I, I mean, he, could you could maybe get there <laughs> jack's laughing here but gray is more the talking point for cash games he's 7800 if we got gray 
and McNeil, would you be interested uh, in playing both those guys in cash games just to get all of the Everton set pieces in a game that you figure they're probably going to have a bunch of set pieces in? I'll shoot that to Ryan here first. Sign me up. Yeah. Easy, easy decision because Gray would also have penalties in ahead of Calvert-Lewin. And he's only 7,800. I mean, imagine considering a Wobie for 7,300 and not liking Gray for 78. <laughs> um, so, you know, I don't care about the sub risk. I don't, I don't care about any of that stuff. Uh, yeah, I would just do it. Yeah, that feels like a great play. He almost feels like a better – if he splits set pieces, he feels like a better play than McNeil. Um, one thing I want to say, just maybe from tournaments, like there's a lot of fragility in McNeil. Like if he plays left back, I think he's like a pretty – quote-unquote bad chalk like I feel like that limits his upside a lot so you want to watch out for that and then he's more fadeable in tournaments as well if uh Damari Gray is on there because he's not gonna take as many set pieces necessarily I think it would be great you could roll in with McNeil and Gray I might prefer Jesus like if I needed Jesus sorry like if you somehow I might that prefer dollars yeah <laughs> Gab yeah. Jesus yeah I mean if you need that $300, I'm not going to feel like FOMO by going with Jesus over, over Gray. But maybe that's stupid just because Gray has a much better much better floor. Um, For spend downs, Bob in the chat, he's talking about Raheem Sterling. I, I've watched Chelsea play and I've just, just I'm Xing that team out on a 20, on a 20 team slate. They're, Sterling's not even healthy either. So in the off chance he starts, like he's just another guy that's going 60 or 70. I, you just don't want that. That team is that team is not with it. That team is not trying. Like maybe a few of the players are, but it's just it's horribly managed team. You, I think you have other options. I would rather play Vardy because he's has something to go for. He probably has a similar range of outcomes. But uh, yeah, Gray sounds great if he if he starts. Gray and McNeil, why not? Mm-hmm. So for cash games here with we got McNeil and are we plugging in? Are we comfortable plugging in James Madison at ninety one hundred? Uh, given that he just came off the bench the other game, maybe that doesn't matter if he if he starts here. It's assumed he's going to start. I mean, Dean Smith would be in an interesting spot if he didn't start James Madison in a must-win game uh, in the final game here. But it's assumed he's going to be back in there. So 9,100 for him. Is it just for cash games you're just like, okay, McNeil, Madison, and then fill around there? Or – or do you guys not like Madison as much? Um, would you, I mean, I, I can't get to the spot where even if De Bruyne starts, like I'm not going to be playing De Bruyne at 9,800. I'm not in a spot to play Bruno at 9,500. Uh, these other guys, we didn't mention Eze. Olise here is 9K. I mean, Crystal Palace in a good spot, but uh, it's just not the same type of situation where Crystal Palace aren't going to be pushing if if they need to the goal. They're not going to be pushing the final 20 minutes. You could get 10, 10 floor points in the final 10 minutes of this Leicester match, uh, similar to McNeil with Everton. You can get this for Madison at Leicester. These teams are going to be pushing all game, so you're going to get these floor points late, something you're just not going to get with Crystal Palace, who, you know, their season's over. So, uh, Ryan, what are your thoughts here on Madison, though? I'm uh, just – I'm not sure I agree with all that. Um, okay. I do – I do like Madison. Uh, you know, Lester have the motivation, as, as we mentioned. I think he's a good option. But I think Olise is a good option as well. I'm not sure that Madison's better, to be honest. I actually think I actually think Madison's more risky. Like, 
Um, but like, imagine if Vardy scores early or, you know, um, this matchup for palace, you say that they, they might not, you know, they're not necessarily going to be chasing. They also just might be dominating for the whole 90 minutes. I mean, this forest team just secured safety. I'm sure they were, they've been partying all week. They have nothing to play for as well. I know Jordan mentioned something like this, like the stuff about these teams having nothing to play for can get a little bit overblown. I mean, we don't know how they're going to come out. This is the last home game of the season. Um, You know, there's nothing to suggest that he would get subbed early. He pretty much always plays 90 minutes. You know, of course it could happen. Um, I like Madison too. I just, I think they're sort of equal options. You sort of got to, Go with your gut, I guess. What do you think, Jack? Spoken a- like a true uh, former Crystal Palace resident, I'd say. Yeah, mm-hmm. Ryan's big on Palace. Um, I think you pointed out something really crucial in James Madison's range of outcomes, and that's if they nick an early goal and Madison doesn't play part in it. Dean Smith played for this 0-0. And Ryan, you and I talked about this earlier in the week, and like if that was the correct thing to do. It doesn't matter if we think it's correct. It does feel like if Leicester get that early lead, they are going to defend. You know, it's not going to be they're not going to go try to win 2-0. They're going to try to they're going to try to win 1-0. So there is some game script fragility, even though like West Ham are probably they all have their tickets to Cancun. They don't care. West Ham never really try once they've reached safety. This is a great West Ham tradition. But I mean, it's bad. West Ham have the Europa Conference League final next week. Yeah, no, it's 10 days. Oh, it's 10 days from now? Uh, yeah, I'm uh, okay. going to check. I think it's like the fifth or something like that. Yeah, but, you know, I mean, I think Jack brought up a good Seven. point in that it's possible West Ham are just throwing this game away. You can keep, keep an eye out for their lineup. But, you know, the, the West Ham lineup, something like that can give a pretty significant bump to – Madison like imagine Declan Rice not in the lineup just him or you know Declan Rice and Bowen not in the lineup and you know you see Lanzini and Cornette and all these other guys you know that's a pretty good spot for Madison yeah I think a Um, few weeks ago like West Ham like rotated out one of these JV squads and like this would not be a team that would win promotion in the championship when you put out Manuel Lanzini and you put out I mean Flynn Downs I guess is a fine young player but you rotate all your best players they're I think they made like eight swaps and the line movement for Brentford in that matchup, it went 10% <laughs> their way. And mm-hmm. so if West Ham do put out that type of lineup, then it feels pretty comfy to click on James Madison. That game could be high scoring still. Just It might be a little bit more back and forth. These West Ham bench guys may just go after it. But I do agree. I, I don't know. That, that game has a lot of volatility to it. So I really don't think there's as much volatility maybe to the Crystal Palace matchup. You were talking about Olise, but I mean, it's their last home game in front of the fans. Like they'll probably want to put on a show. Um, you know, they're not going to, it's what, it's exactly what Jordan says. They're not going to try to defend super hard, but you know, they'll Elise will still whip and crosses. Maybe he'll shoot a little bit more. Maybe Elise wants to improve on his two, two goals. And we know that he's a great DFS play and, you know, not in forest. It, they could easily get blown out. Like if Crystal Palace windmill dunked on Nottingham forest, like four to zero, not surprising at all. And in that case, you're going to be like, why didn't I play this 8% as a, or why didn't I play this 12% Olise when everyone was jamming in James Madison? So they are probably equal, but if it's a bad West Ham team, Ryan, I mean, let's just in cash games, don't make it complicated. Just take the James Madison monopoly. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, 
I think for uh, if you watch if you watch Kitchen Wagers, listen to Kitchen Kitchen Wagers. We talked a little bit. The odds actually on West Ham have changed throughout the week. They were a smaller underdog, and that's kind of grown a little bit, as you can see on the page here, twenty eight percent. But uh, the betting show, Kitchen Wagers, check that out. We there's twenty bets we did on that show. We did that Thursday night. So if you're into betting, uh, check that out. But you know, I was kind of high. I kind of talked a little bit about, you know, this is a team's last home game and they're going to show something for their fans. Um, that's kind of hit or miss if, if you look through a lot of these results. I mean, last week, Liverpool, they needed a win uh, against Aston Villa and they were just outplayed. They were outplayed in the first half against Aston Villa. And it's like, okay, well, what is the, what is the last home match mean? I mean, you can, you can look through some other results and be like, okay, well, here's that. But, um, but Adam, Aston Villa I, had something to play for in that match because yeah, they had so, a European spot on the line. So yeah, I, it so might not Liverpool. apply to this. Do you want me to get another example? Oh, please. please. Do you want me to bring up Tottenham here or should I bring someone, someone else up? I'll file a complaint with HR. Go for it. Bring up Tottenham. <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, Tottenham, Tottenham are one point behind Aston Villa because they lost at home in their final home match against Brentford. Um, but Either way, so I, I guess there's. I mean, last week it was what we talked about Bruno and Elise. I can't even remember now. It's now maybe the question we're here is Madison or Elise. I'm not sure you're going to get to both of them, but uh, I guess it, it's just a situation where I mean, you make a decision who you want. I, I prefer the I prefer the Madison route because I do, as I said, I, I like the the potential to get all those floor points late in the game, assuming. Assuming you know Jamie Vardy doesn't get this uh, this first half goal, how many times has has Leicester City actually got like a first half lead this season? Probably not many, but uh, definitely a personal preference there. Would you guys prefer both of them over someone like Asaka if you're not using him in, in the, at forward kind of a thing? No, I just think there's value at midfield that you can mine there. So I'd rather if I can play Saka and McNeil and Cash like. Like, let's roll. I'll feel pretty good about that, and I can hunt the value in these 5K range for the midfield. Okay, so, yeah. Yeah, what what up, Ryan? No, I just – if you meant Saka over one of those guys, like playing Saka in a midfield spot, I I would say no. Oh, I was assuming we were talking about a trade-off with the forward position. Yeah, I would play Madison ahead of Saka in a midfield spot. Yeah, so if you don't want to spend up to these guys, maybe your second your second midfielder spot, is it just everyone's going to kind of go to Lewis Hall and, and James Garner? Or is is does anyone else between the 9K and 5K range uh, stand out uh, to you guys? Jack, does anyone does anyone in this range, you know, pop up for cash games at least uh, that yeah, you'd for, actually consider? Yeah, for cash games, decidedly not. I mean, if it's a midfield forward eligible player... I would have wanted to play them in a forward spot, but you're no not going to catch an Erickson love here. Yeah. Maybe you could play Erickson, but he didn't even have that great of a floor. I thought he would take more corners. So, I mean, he's one of these deep line midfielders and you need him to get set pieces. That feels like a bit of a gamble at 6,400. He's kind of priced up. If he was 5,000, the same price as Garner, that's a different story, but I think you'll want that 1400. I mean, I'm not playing Bruno for 9,500. I think he rolled into halftime with uh with like 0.46 points. And the only reason he got an acceptable score was 
due to a penalty. And it's worth knowing for tournaments, I guess, that Bruno might take penalties over Rashford because he did take a penalty with Rashford on. But that still feels that just feels expensive. Like he's he's overpriced and maybe Ryan will disagree and I'll let him. Odegaard feels expensive at 7,700. That doesn't seem like a cash play. I'm not going to play Brighton because they're underdogs. I'm, I'm just scrolling through the cheat sheet list. And the first names that really do pop up are the guys priced at 5,000. I mean, I think Lewis Hall took a few corners for Chelsea. Um, I'm not really enthusiastic about Chelsea players, but you're just kind of looking for a six to eight point floor there. And if you're worried about motivation, I think James Garner is the same exact price. So James Garner played as a right midfielder the other day, and his heat map looks like a right midfielder. I thought it was kind of unfortunate he didn't get more crosses then. And so there's always that upside there. Um, I don't know. Brian, what do you think? Yeah, um, I agree with pretty much all that. I think Hall and Garner are the best options. You mentioned Erickson and that you probably probably would want that 1400 you actually get 1600 um from erickson to those 4800 guys so (laughs) that's uh yeah no uh those are just the best two options right i mean lewis hall he's been the lone bright spot for chelsea almost in the past three games i mean this kid's only 18 years old. I mean, what were you guys doing when you were 18 years old? Lewis Hall is putting up 13 and a half floor points away to Man City. And I had 11... a tryout at Chelsea and didn't make it. <laughs> I mean, you know, you look at this matchup against Newcastle and might say it's tough, but just look at the matchups that he's succeeded in recently. Um, and then Garner. Garner, I think, you know, we keep mentioning you're going to want to pay attention to the Everton lineup. Um, if Damari Gray is in there, Garner wouldn't take any set pieces. But if Damari Gray is not in there, yeah, it's hard not to play Garner. I mean, you mentioned why we want to play McNeil and everything about Everton. So, yeah, there's no one in between. Someone in the chat, so Bob's saying Douglas Louise. That's okay, but I think I'd just rather play. I'd rather save the... Whatever amount I say, plus or minus two hundred dollars, I'd rather just play James Garner in that situation or play Lewis Hall. So, um, I, I, yeah. I mean, if someone played, if someone played a head-to-head with me and they had Douglas Louise instead of Lewis Hall, I really wouldn't flinch that much. It seems, it seems fine. I think I can just get a little bit more juice at defender, get a little bit more juice at forward if I. Uh, yeah, they're just not in the more. same salary range. Yeah, the fourteen hundred, sixteen hundred. It's going to make a big difference, I think. It seems like it. Yeah, I mean, Douglas Louise isn't even like one of the guys who's going to get 10 to 12 floor points. He's he's at 6,200, and, you know, maybe he'll get to eight floor points kind of a thing, and he doesn't show up on the score sheet that much. So it's like, why are we spending this extra money on Douglas Louise when we can go down for the Garners, for the Halls? So, uh, yeah, the thing that we're, I think we're all on the same line there. Uh, below those guys, though, for maybe even bigger punts, uh, does anyone – does anyone stand out? I know I know Jack's going to have a, a long t- discussion here about, or maybe not a discussion, uh, a long uh, a note about Jack uh, John McGinn here. Uh, but that's that's once we get to tournaments. Um, Ryan Christie's forty five hundred at Everton. I mean, we we're looking at the Everton odds, but you know this is Everton, so it's not guaranteed that they're just going to completely dominate. Um, Jordan Henderson, probably not. Wait, James Milner. Let's what's his price? Thirty eight hundred. Are you guys playing James Milner if he starts? Uh, he's probably playing sixty five minutes. 
if you want to do that in a tournament because you need a punt, uh, I, I can't. It's thirty eight hundred dollars, so it's tough to disrespect that when it's a um, when it's a it's it's a game against Southampton who are terrible. But um, I kind of am, I'm intrigued about Jorginho at thirty nine hundred, especially if you play someone like Gabriel Jesus. And um, maybe I, I don't know if you should play him as like a one off or if you should play him with another player. Because I think Jorginho, there's a chance he takes penalties. There's no certainty there. So this is going to be like a large field GPP strategy. If everyone's playing Lewis Hall and you're like the 4%, the 3% that has a Jorginho penalty, that could be an extremely strong advantage. Saka missed a key penalty. I don't think there's any clarity on who takes penalties necessarily. And Jorginho is kind of a specialist at them. So it would make sense that he would uh, get to take a rip. Um, I don't know. When Arsenal's not supporting Crystal Palace, he's an Arsenal homer. So maybe he has some insight about that. What do you think? Um, would Jorginho? What what like probability yes. would Jorginho take penalties? Sorry, sorry. Yeah, I think that's a good question. I mean, you got to think it's at least fifty percent, just Me because. Too. Yeah, you know, you might, he is penalty specialist. I guess you could say Saka missed an important one the last time. So yeah, that would make sense. I think that's a good GPP play. I I don't know about pairing him. I don't think – I think you could just play him play him on his own because, right, I mean, his, his upside like is – set pieces. His upside is making a penalty. Um, he really doesn't assist too much from open play. Um, I, I kinda, two yeah. games ago. He might even be negatively correlated with, like, Bukayo Saka and Gabriel Jesus. Like, because he – if there's only – you know, there's only limited goals in a match. Arsenal probably right. are scoring six, so if – Jorginho scores one of them, okay, you probably don't want to spend up for an Arsenal forward in that situation. Probably. It's a negative correlation. It's not a guarantee that anything happens. But um, if that is the thesis of the play, maybe it's just a one-off and that's your Arsenal exposure. And he can still get there on an assist and you can still beat the forwards that score there with other forwards. So, yeah, you, you, I, I agree, actually. I don't think you should. I think you should probably avoid <laughs> pairing them with a, pairing him with an Arsenal forward. Adam, I think I'd rather play one of these Everton guys than Milner. Okay. Uh, don't tell everyone my strategy, but okay. I mean, just close your eyes and pick one, and they're better than Milner, <laughs> I think. Yeah, I, uh, yeah. I, I may have built a lineup that almost had six Everton guys, but I don't think I got there. Um, you, I mean, you could look at any of these these midfielders here. Decore probably gets a little more forward. At uh, 4K, Idrissa Gase, 3,600. Onanas, 3,400. We've seen all of them make the score sheet at any point this season. And, again, these guys are going to be playing forward. I mean, again, we, we could say this, okay, maybe Everton score in the 10th minute, and then they're just not attacking the entire time. But uh, even then, it's not – this Everton team really hasn't been in a lot of games where it's like, okay – we're just going to sit back and protect a one nil lead that it just doesn't, it hasn't really happened for him this season. So I'm not going to come out and project that to happen, but uh, we'll, we'll, I guess we'll continue the the Everton talk as we get into defender as well. So, so for cash games, we got, we got guys that we need to talk about here and maybe for tournaments, you, maybe you don't even have to play any of them, um, which might may even seem like the opposite of, of prior slates, prior seasons. But we got Trippier at 7,500. He's at Chelsea. Alexander-Arnold is 7,100 at Southampton. 
Pedro Poro, if he starts, he's 6,400 at Leeds. Simikas seems like he's going to start. Uh, I'm, from what I saw, he was actually crying after the last match. It looked like he's going to be, he might be done uh, at, at Liverpool. So he could be one of those guys getting a final start. You also got Andrew Robertson dealing with a groin issue. So I don't know why Andrew Robertson would start in this situation with nothing to play for. But Simikas is 5,600. And I'll just throw out here, just because Ryan uh, had him last season, Cedric Shores here is 5,500. But <laughs> what what's the list here? I know all these guys are a little bit different prices, so maybe it's not even the same conversation. But maybe in terms of value, uh, does one of these guys stand out more than the others? One of these guys stand out uh, for cash games here, Jack? Um. I thought maybe like a month ago, I was going to be more certain about the defender position on this King of the Pitch slate because I thought, oh man, you know, Trippier will smash. And he's still in a good spot, but he's 7,500 and he's on the road to Chelsea. So it's tough to think that he's he's a must, but he probably projects the most raw points out of all those guys. He should still have a good game. Um, I don't know what Newcastle's approach is going to be with that though. So it's just not a priority to target Newcastle side of that matchup. Um Trent Alexander-Arnold, it's a good matchup, but he's kind of got this weird central role. But, I mean, Liverpool should possess the ball against Southampton. And I don't know, but if he has a 10-point floor and you're spending 7,100 on him, uh, you know, in a tournament point of view, you might be losing. That might even be too much to give up from uh, even in a cash game perspective when we have so many options. But maybe not. Um, Pedro Porro, Tottenham played a 4-2-3-1 the other day. So... If he plays as a wing back, I'll probably play Pedro Porro in every single one of my lineups because then he'll take most of the set pieces. If Pedro Porro plays as a wing back, I think he's really he's he's the he's the guy that you have to play. He's first defender in. And then um yeah, if Robertson doesn't make the bench, Simikas feels like the best, you know, point per dollar value. Because if you tell me you get ninety minutes of Simikas against Southampton at fifty six hundred, that's under he's underpriced. He should be priced as much as Trent in that case. So um if things go really nicely, I'll just play Poro and I'll play Simikas. And that's if Robertson's not on the bench. And that's if Poro plays as a wing back. Um, otherwise, I, I feel it's tough. I don't know. I thought Defender would be easy. I thought I could almost just get away with not playing Trippier due to value. But now I'm kind of nervous to play all of them. Uh, and maybe I am feeling a little bit from a tournament point of view, but this matters for cash as well. Um, I don't know. Ryan, what do you think about the Defender position? I think it's tricky. Yeah, I think you broke it down perfectly. That's how All I right. feel. I didn't mention Luke Shaw. Don't think he's going to start on a short week here. Nothing to play for, but he's 5,700. Uh, picked up a back issue uh, yesterday, Thursday. Yeah, yeah. I don't want to play him if he has a knock. Yeah, yeah, and yeah, that's part of it because, you know, <clears throat> defender's tricky, as Jack mentioned there. Sort of reasons to feel uncertain about all these guys. And, you know, at one point, Luke Shaw was looking like he was going to be maybe the safer play because of that. Now it might be Simikas. I agree. If if Robertson didn't make the bench, I'd feel comfortable there. If he did, I would not feel comfortable. Um, not at all, actually. Especially because, you know, in that one game he started against Fulham, I couldn't believe how deep he was playing. And then – you heard later about Robertson playing deeper as well in this new sort of formation they have, but uh, 90 minutes of Simikas, it's a discounted price. So with set pieces against Southampton, I'm pretty sure I'd just play him in cash games. 
Um, other than that, though, yeah, Trippier, Trippier and Trent. Um, Trippier's got a higher floor, more upside is what I would say. But yeah, you know, these it's tough to have a strong feeling about what Newcastle are going to do in this away spot against Chelsea. It should be a good spot. You know, Chelsea are still sort of in shambles and I don't know. I just see, you know, Trippier has 388 crosses this year in in 37 games coming off 20 crosses in what was a much different situation against Leicester midweek. But yeah, you know, it's tough. I agree with uh, Jack, though. Poro on the wing would look pretty good, too. So we'll have to see. One thing I found interesting from Eddie Howe's press conference today was he mentioned that uh, he's had a busy week because he's been preparing for the summer, uh, which kind of implies that he's not really paying attention too much to this game. I mean, he doesn't need to. He's got to pay attention to keeping his job and finding, you know, new players for Champions League. And maybe it means nothing, but I found that comment a little interesting here just because they do have a match here and it's the last match of the season, but maybe it means nothing, but you know, maybe it means that there is some rotation. We already saw Elliot Anderson start last match. Jolinton's still out. Uh, so they have some injuries. We could see uh, Jack's guy, Lewis Miley get a start, something like that. Uh, <laughs> probably not. But, My guy. Yeah. Sure. Uh, we could see Matt target start, which, I don't know, whatever. A lot of people say that maybe he's better offensively than Dan Byrne, but no one has ever seen Dan Byrne. Uh, those people haven't seen Dan Byrne play in the 18, 18 yard box. Cause he's just dominant there. Uh, but for, so to, for defender, if we don't want to spend on these guys for, for one of your two spots or even both your spots, I mean, I'm going to Michael Keane here or some of the Everton guys, no one's going to throw me off that one. Jack, does anyone in the cheaper range stand out that you'd actually want to play in cash games if you don't go with those top four top four options there? Um, I might have to punt that one off. I really only was looking at the expensive options mm-hmm. because I, I think I'll still play expensive options. I'll just feel worse about it. Um, so, Ryan, when you were – you're the cash game king. Uh, were, any, were there any values <laughs> at Defender? Any, like, cheap fullbacks, anyone who might come in? It didn't really look um, that promising. No, I would say that I said, I wrote that nobody stands out. Um, But if you need one for lineup construction reasons, you know, I think you could do worse than Rico Lewis just because he's 3,200 and because he's played 90 minutes in five straight starts and he'd be one of the guys for City that's unlikely to get subbed. I mean, 3,200 for a guy playing defensive midfield, you know, in City isn't the worst thing. Um, So, yeah, I guess I I wouldn't mind that. I I agree with Adam about Michael Keane. Everton are sort of decimated at defender here. We got Patterson out now who started at right back last game. If we have Keane on the the right side of of a back three, that could lead to a few extra peripherals than he would get you know, in, in, if it was just two center backs. <clears throat> um, and yeah, then, I, looked at his, I looked at his heat map last match, and he got he got forward quite a bit, more more than you'd think, you know, anytime Michael Keane would get forward. So, yeah, uh, 3,100. Yeah, always a threat in the box, and you'd assume that they have a bunch of set pieces. 
Um, and I think I remember you saying that Bournemouth are pretty bad at defending set pieces. So. Yes. What was that stat? Bournemouth have allowed the most set piece goals this season. They've allowed eight set piece goals in the last 13 matches and Everton have, I think the third most expected goals from set pieces this season. So uh, there you go. Dwight Sounds McNeil. Like a surefire way to get Sean Dyche. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, yeah, yeah, that's any, pretty much yeah, it. Go. I was gonna, yeah. I was gonna bring up Target, not because I'd necessarily play him, but because the last two times he was in there, he took a couple of set pieces away from Trippier that wouldn't happen otherwise. I don't know, just something to think True. about. Um, and maybe no. at at twenty nine hundred, if he does start, uh, maybe it's not the worst idea either. Yeah, you know, if you somehow got 90 minutes out of him, you'd love it. You're just really worried about the, the early sub. Yeah. Um, but, you know, you're comparing him with guys like Luke Thomas. Here's 2,800. I mean, starting on the wing, when you factor in, you know, he gets a little bit of a bump when you factor in Lester's motivation and, you know, their implied total keeps creeping up there. I think you know, starting up there. Yeah, you know, starting on the wing – I just, it, there's at least a tiny bit of upside, you know, he's going to find himself in good positions, you know, at least a few times. Yeah. Uh, go, it, oh, go ahead. Sorry. It's just, yeah, go it's ahead. just, I was just scrolling through these names and it's just some pretty sick names. No one I'd really want to play in like a King of the pitch style tournament and catch. It seems fine to punt with like a Luke Thomas. I mean, maybe he scores four points. Uh, yeah. There's, there's like, you're looking at, Oh, maybe uh Harry Tofolo starts for Nottingham Forest at 2,600 if they somehow play with wing backs. I know we don't want to play Forest, but if you need that last piece in cash games, I mean, he can cross, and if Nottingham Forest don't care and just try to attack, he could also get you those four points. I, I just don't know if I want to – like, is there a need to make that kind of punt in this case, though? At that point, just, like, take the risk that Simikas – this is the decision you have to make, right? Just make the – just Simikas at 75 minutes is probably fine. In that case, I don't really want to punt one of those spots off. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, what I don't know if, we, if we're talking about tournaments or cash. Cash. Just cash right now. Oh, yeah, no. Cash, I think four points from Luke Thomas might be okay in certain scenarios. Not like in necessi- a utility or second yeah. under? No, in a utility. Okay, that's right. fine. Then. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to play two of these good defenders, but I don't know, like maybe – maybe you need like a $2,800 flex. Do you guys have any goalkeeper thoughts in cash games or just put in whoever fits? I'll play Bentley if I have to. I don't care. I will not spend more than 4K. I mean, yes. okay. like almost certainly. Like you know, the, the bigger the slate, the more it makes sense to play cheap keeper. That's probably going to be true here considering the lack of value and the need to spend up at defender. So, yeah, I'll play any of these guys. I'll play Raya for 4K at home against City. <laughs> you know, yeah, any, any of these guys. Hennessy for four. Yeah, any of them, seriously. Yeah, like you can make arguments for all of them. Uh, all the way down, even Jack said Bentley. I mean, why not? But play uh, Neto. Facing a ton of Everton shots. They're very true. Fabianski in that range as well. Just play these these guys who you know they're going to get opportunities to make saves, and maybe they make ten saves, and maybe they allow one or two goals, but you know ten saves that's fine. 
but all right, let's take uh, we got a, we got a special special video here from from Jordan Cooper. We're going to we're going to transition to tournaments here, but Jordan Cooper has has some advice for everyone in terms of in terms of tournaments here. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring this podcast. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System, you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. At hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unifydhealing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. The your pre-king of the pitch strategy uh, update that I want to make sure that you guys mention. Good, let's get this, yeah. When when teams have nothing to play for, people automatically assume that means offensively. They go, well, these teams have nothing to play for, so they'll go out and they're not going to try very hard. So, you know, they're not going to really go on up. Like, dude, how about defensively? We see all the time in the last game of the season where the game where neither team has anything to play for and six to three because the defenders have nothing to play for. So like, it's so much more fun for the players statistically also to go out and try to score goals. And if the defenders are like, well, there's really no incentive to really us playing that well. So if I miss a marking assignment, so be it. If I don't give it my all in this tackle, I'm not going to give it my all. I don't want to get injured in the last game of the season. Right. And then we get a game where a team scores seven goals because of it. So like, I look at that and like, if you're going to give me the teams have nothing to play for, you have to at least think of it in terms of. Oh my gosh. It went off. It was offensively. Oh, here we go. There we go. That's Jordan Cooper there. Those are his tips. I got, I pulled up uh, Ryan's lineup, King, the pitch lineup from last year. Uh, Got, got to zoom in a little bit here, but 
just as an example here of winning tournaments, you don't have to get that crazy to win these tournaments. King of the pitch, you know, 200 person contests, but there's so many players that uh, I can't remember the percentages here. Uh, we can look at, we can look in real, real close there, but like Odegaard was, you know, sub 10%. And I think Callum Wilson was popular because he was 4,100, maybe a favorite for, for Newcastle. Maybe they played Burnley, if I remember correctly. But otherwise, I mean, Harry Kane, Rafinha, TAA, he got he got the massive floor game from Cedric, who got the start for Arsenal at 4,800. Uh, then he threw in Reese James, and he got Meslier in there as well. So, I mean, just for king of the pitch examples, like you don't have to be crazy uh, to win these things. Um, yeah, you just it's got to pick I... the right players. Yeah. I remember I remember a few things. Yeah, that was actually my only Reese James lineup, and I didn't even think he was that great of a play. And you see there for 7K, sort of the same thing that Jack mentioned about Trent. You know, maybe 10, 12 points wouldn't be enough there. And Reese actually got an assist, like, right at the end. But, yeah, anyways, I just sort of lucked out. I wanted – I needed at least one Reese James exposure out of eight lineups. Um, but, yeah, Odegaard was – three percent or four percent I can't really read it I see Melier one percent there even though Leeds were the only team that or not the only team one of the few teams that had something to play for one other thing I remember is Kevin De Bruyne he had 28 points and I'm sure he was I I want I think he was around 30 percent I don't remember but you know just 28 points from from a 30 percent owned Kevin De Bruyne and it's not in the winning lineup and, you know, my lineup wasn't even perfect. And it's still won by six, six, I believe. Um, so, yeah, just some things to think about. Yeah, I got the percentages, actually. So Kane was only 24.5, which, I mean, I don't know. It doesn't seem like a lot. Tottenham against Norwich. It was a uh, great Cal- spot for Spurs, yes. Right. They won 5 no there. Callum Wilson was 20%. You got Odegaard at 4%. TAA was 73%. You know, TAA home against Wolverhampton. Okay. Um, and then, yeah, as you said, these other guys weren't overly popular. Cedric was only 35%, uh, which was, I mean, he probably should have been higher. It was just, we could get that situation uh, on Sunday where it's like, okay, maybe this random fullback's getting a start in this positive spot. Um, I, I think the percents are going to be, be even lower than all these this time around. Last year, mm-hmm. I think... Last year, there was some pretty obvious stuff. Like, Callum Wilson was an obvious one. But, you know, okay, we could talk about a lot of things here. Yeah, I remember. There was a, there was a question of Callum Wilson versus Ashley Barnes. They were the same price, and Burnley actually had a ton to play for. And Barnes well, yeah. actually picked up a pretty decent amount of ownership. Then you're, we're going to get some surprises, too. There was a surprise in that Cavani started for 3,900 against Crystal Palace. He picked up about... Man, he picked up some ownership, maybe 10%. I don't, I don't remember exactly. Then, you know, Le- Leeds had something to play for, and they ended up starting a few 3K strikers, I think, Greenwood and, and somebody else as well. You know, so this slate, we're going to get stuff like that too. You know, look at these cheap forwards. You mentioned Woot already. What happens when $4,200 Mateta starts for Palace? You know, you're going to get st- you're just random stuff that pops up and you're going to have to react to it. But also, like, these percentages on the defenders. Defenders was Defender was much more clear-cut on this slate. People knew that Cedric was sort of a smash at his price because he had started to take corners, and you could kind of tell he was going to take corners in that spot. And then, yeah, it was just a better spot for Trent and Poole at home. But, 
yeah, I don't know. He, a lot of stuff to talk about. A lot of stuff here. So tournaments, whether it's king of the pitch, 200 person, whether it's the, the main, uh, I don't know how many people are in it, 4,000, something like that for the 20K to first. Uh. I guess here. So, Jack, you have one ticket. Ryan, you have eight tickets. Are you Ryan? Are you also playing in this main twenty k to first contest? Yeah. See, I won't really be able to, and I'm very sad about it. Um, I would, I would like to. We'll see. But you know, it's probably going to take me the whole hour to figure out my eight right. lineups. I'm just, you know, it, it's probably going to. That's what happened last time. So, so I, I guess mean, my gonna... question, well, my question is, would if you were to play in it, would you play different lineups than the king of the pitch one? So much different. Okay. Yeah. No, I mean, yes, yes, much different lineups. Okay. It's a bigger contest, and also, there's like, there's tons of, there's there's a lot of spots that I would want to take a chance on, but that you just don't need to in a 200 person contest, especially when it's like such an important 200 person contest. If it was just like a run of the mill week with 5k to first or something, then yeah, I'd take more chances than I'm probably going to, but yeah, you just don't need to. So Jack, ask Jack, maybe with one lineup, I would, I think I would approach it a little bit differently. (laughs) Jeez. Oh, wow. Yeah. My puny one lineup. (laughs) <laughs> no, Ryan, I agree. I was writing up the tournament article, and there were a lot of points in the slate where it's like Cody Gakpo at 7,100. I mean, like, what a value. He could easily score a brace. But he might play like 65 minutes. It really depends on Liverpool's bench. It just feels like too much of a risk in the 200-person dollar king of the pitch, especially for me when I only have one lineup. I, I don't want to take that speculative a rip, but there are going to be a lot of spots like that, I think, in the 4,500-person um in the 4,500 person GPP. So you should definitely approach them quite differently. I mean, you can just play chalkier players. It's only 200 like people. You don't really need that much leverage. You just need to, you know, you need the Harry Kane hat trick and the Callum brace, the Callum Wilson brace. I mean, what a sick play that was. So I'm going to be more, I, I just want to play guys in good spots who I think will play 90 minutes. And maybe I'll have like one sprinkle of a, you know, a player I have some conviction on that might be 5% because that could be a huge edge. I remembered. One last thing about that King of the Pitch tournament. Um, so there were all those cheap guys, right? I mentioned like a ton of cheap forwards. I forget who else there was. Calvin Phillips was 33% owned. And I think uh, 33% owned. That's, you know, that's people playing scared for one. Uh, also, He had potential sets, I believe. That's why. Well, yeah, he had potential sets and, and Leeds were one of the teams with motivation. But mm-hmm. I think... You know, you could, I don't know, you you could, I would say that's not a good play. You're going to want more upside when, I don't know, there was just a lot of options for cheap goals on that slate. Take a risk like that on a defensive midfielder. It's just interesting, but it shows what people do. People will still play cash type. Some people will play cash type lineups in that tournament. Yeah, I mean, technically, you just you could take your cash lineup and then have like even a one v one or a two v two from you know, it so, and so, be different. Uh, yeah, that being said, though, it can work as well. You know, I mentioned you know you can win with a five with five points f- from a guy like that. You you really can. I mean, so yeah, I don't know. Maybe you know it's not quite that bad at, at ownership like that it seems kind of bad but you can win with one spot like that just because you don't need to be perfect you know this you need like, like a 
Go ahead. Sorry, this is like the whole like NFL DFS. Should you play like the punt 2000 defense that somehow ends up in the best possible matchup? And, you know, everyone's going to argue about these types of things. But I think at the end of the day, like a lot of our opponents who would play a Calvin Phillips style player, they're very skilled opponents. And I think in, in a 200 person I contest, do, you still yeah. want to respect that a lot. And that's not the route I'll personally take because I'd prefer to arrange myself. It's great that I can arrange myself away from chalky players like that with little yeah. upside, but they're doing it for a reason and they're awfully sharp. So I wouldn't just say, oh, that's like a stupid play. And well, dismissive of that necessarily. You would have to compare it to all the players in that price range. I think it's different from yeah. slate to slate. Yep. But yeah, I agree with you on that slate. I specifically remember a ton of 4K players with real yep. goal upside. You had you had Calvin you had a uh, you had Callum Wilson in that play, but I mean, if there's like a Calvin Phillips type play at midfield, we didn't really like any of these sub thirty five hundred dollar midfielders. Calvin Phillips no thirty six hundred for this one. If you want to play him in case think, he starts for Manchester City, that piece is for Manchester City. The point is, is that if someone cheap comes up in midfield, it might be different slate to slate. And if there's not enough cheap value elsewhere, that player gets a lot of value just because you get on a completely different construction in the other field and and then the rest of the field, and you can sort of. You can win with the five points. I don't know. I think I'm just agreeing with you, Ryan, so we can move on. So one thing I found when last couple of years I've gone through, I've taken the implied goal totals, got the results, saw what teams needed, what their motivation was and everything. And and kind of what I, I take away from it is that all the teams, like you want to follow the odds. I know a lot of times in these shows, I'm like, I don't like the odds. I don't believe in the odds. I'm just going to go the other way kind of thing. But I mean, for this 10 game slate, more more often than not, the odds are going to be correct. The teams with high implied goal totals are more likely to get three, four or five goals. The teams with whatever one and a half and under implied goal totals, those teams are more likely to score zero or one goals. That's kind of what I found last couple of seasons. Like the teams that are expected to lose and have the low implied goal totals they'll finish with zero one. So I'm, I'm from my tournament lineups. I'm basically taking out all of the bottom 10 teams here um, from my lineups. And that's just with the assumption that, okay, none of these teams are going to score more than one goal. So why do I want to try and get this random one goal from one of these underdogs kind of a thing? Uh, So that's, that's one thing I found. So that kind of reduces the player pool a little bit. If you want to take that mindset, maybe, I mean, otherwise, do you guys see a reason to back any of these underdogs here, or is that just a pretty safe strategy just to just to exclude the the underdogs here? Only if it, this is if I was playing the main GPP, um, I would include underdogs only in, in certain game stacks. I think uh, there's some games that you could stack, and I think stacking is a decent strategy for for the main GPP, like. Yeah, I don't know. We could go through a few of them. But yeah, I guess my point is if you're stacking the game. You're saying you're you're fine with fading the underdogs. Wait, did it, maybe I missed her. No, you said it. Is there any reason to play any of these underdogs? Okay, so you want so Sorry, you want I, to play both teams in a possible game stack? Do you think right, there's going to be like saying, a game where there's it's a 4-3 result and you want all those goals kind of a thing? Yeah, maybe. I'm yeah, sorry. I'm saying if I were to play any underdogs, it would be in a game stack. So like, like Dominic Solanke with Dwight McNeil right. and someone he, else? He, yeah, he's a guy I was thinking of. Or, you know, maybe one West Ham player, but not not multiple underdogs. You know, maybe one, yeah, 
one one underdog player. I don't know. Do you think it's, game stack are game stacks worth it on like a ten game slate because there's so many goals in other places? Yeah, I still think so. I think they okay. can be. I don't know. Like I, I don't know. How do you feel about it, Jack? Um, it's, it's not a lever you have to pull, but I think it's a lever that makes sense in a couple of these games. Like when you mentioned this, I, I immediately knew that you probably meant Dominic Solanke. If he gets a goal and a goal or a goal and assist, like, I mean, Everton, it's going to be wheels up for them. And then it's only going to take up three spots of your lineup. Maybe I'm not, you're not going to like do like a four, one <laughs> type of game stack, but I mean, playing Dominic Solanke at like 2% and he gets a goal assist and you get Dwight McNeil on the bring back and they're fighting for their lives. What, what a sick play that would be. That's a definitely, that's a turn $20 into 20K type of play. So I don't think you should necessarily force it. I don't think you should be like, uh, let's talk about a place not to do that. All right, what if Southampton score a goal early? You know, I'm not going to play Adam Armstrong. Just right. so play Cody Gabbo right. and Mo Salah, right? One that's last time to play JWP. There's, yeah, only a, there's only a couple spots to do it. Uh, West Ham would be one I was would consider. And that'd be if you were playing Madison and Vardy or Madison and Vardy or somebody else. But West Ham have some guys who, if they scored a goal, would put up a decent score. But yeah, you know, those are the two games that actually mean something where you could see a stack, you know, yeah, mm-hmm. where you could see a stack working out because part of the, you know, part of the reason it's appealing is because it's good for it would be good for the guys you're spending money on to have a goal scored on them. You know, so it just, it sort of, it sort of goes together. Yeah. Well, kind of off that and kind of what the, what Jordan said in his video, you could also look at the, the Nottingham Forest game, I guess, with, with Brennan Johnson, Iwani, Morgan Gibbs White. I mean, mentioning like these teams don't care. So maybe yeah. we're just going to get some lazy defending a little bit and it'll be maybe this will be a back and forth match and it's three two kind of thing i mean you can yeah. see that two two weak defensive teams and two teams the, that can score yeah the, the, and then like i would i would also throw in um chelsea if you're playing trippier you know i just see bob mentioned sterling you know i know you guys shot it down the last time i brought up sterling he scored a brace so, you know, I'm not necessarily – Must be nice, Ryan. I got shot yes. down and he scored a brace. You know, I, you know, no, but like – or maybe Leeds if you're no, playing you Coral sh- or if you're playing – That was the Manduke slate. I remember that conversation. Yeah, and I got shot down for Sterling. And then All I right, played him and Jordan. he scored a brace. Jordan shot you down. Yeah, DFS okay, is okay. easy. Congrats, Ryan. No, no, no. <laughs> DFS, uh, that was one good slate out of many. Um yeah, so just a few a few situations where I'd be okay playing one underdog player. So we haven't really talked about Manchester City at all. I think Ryan mentioned he's not even looking at them, or maybe Jack said that. But you got to think people are going to play him. Uh, no matter who starts, like we could get the Cole Palmers or we could get all the regulars in there. We could get Erling Holland in there. You got to think people will still play Manchester City. They are still one of the biggest favorites. People don't care that they're away to Brentford, that, that Brentford are actually a pretty good team. They don't care about that. They know they know Manchester City. They know those players. Are Well, I don't think either of you guys are playing them, but how popular will these Manchester City guys be? Do you, do you think, will they be maybe more popular than we, than we think? Or is it just going to be like, 
okay, Manchester City, no one, they're all sub 10%, I guess, kind of a thing. And, and maybe, maybe that's a game where it's like, okay, uh, there's a ton of goals in it kind of a thing. I mean, it's a Manchester City game, so there could always be a ton of goals. Maybe the move is to actually play Manchester City guys uh, than not play them. What, uh, what do you think in that, in terms of that, Ryan? Um, I don't think that many people are going to play them, but still enough to where I don't want to. Okay. Um, you know, if you told me that nobody w- would play Manchester <laughs> City, then sure. Um, but yeah, it's just, it's not going to be for me on this slate when there's it's too much uncertainty with most of those guys. And I'd rather, I'd rather target other spots. I don't know. Maybe Jack feels differently. Yeah. How tilting gonna... will it be when Holland at 10.2 K gets a hat trick? Yeah, uh, nope. That's just going to be the story of my uh, effing year. So yeah. To... It, first half hat trick for Hallen to just to, to ruin, to ruin the slate. Like we've seen so many times and that, that might break me. Yeah. And I mean, I think it's not like he's going to be 2%. Like if Hallen is 2% and he scored a first half hat trick, like that's a sick play, right? Like you get to play, right. you get to play a robot, even you're paying up, but at low 2%. Ownership. No, no. Well, that's, that's my, that's my point. It's like, you're not getting good equity. Like yeah. he's right. going to be like 10 to 15%. He's going to be 10%. Like, and then, yeah. And that's just, it's just bad pot odds. I mean, uh, you know, shout out the- David Sklansky theory of poker. I'm just not going to do it. So, I mean, good for you. If you win doing that, I'm happy for you and I'll see you next year, hopefully. But it, it, I just rather, I just rather focus <laughs> on these other spots. I don't know. Like I, I can't so do it. What are these other spots, Jack? You have, you have your one lineup, but you also have a bunch of tickets in this main contest. Mm. Are, th- are there certain games that you're, that you're looking at that you want to use for your, for your tickets in the, in the main GPP? I mean, I have two games that I'm looking at, and there's a few cheaper players who I think could be that sort of 4% play that have realistic routes to 20 or 25 points. I mean, not necessarily huge, but like from a point-per-dollar basis, decent routes. This Aston Villa match, Aston Villa have incentive to win this game so that they're guaranteed a spot in the Europa Conference League. Now, the Europa Conference League is kind of a joke, but I think it might mean something to these Aston Villa fans. This is a team that came up from the championship a couple of years ago. Um, you know, it's not going to mean as much for Tottenham chasing that game against Leeds, for example. And the prices are right on Aston Villa. I think one of the most incredible leverage plays on this slate will be John McGinn if he starts as a right midfielder or a central attacking midfielder. And I'll give away the goods. I think he's around $4,800. I mean, go ahead and play Lewis Hall in the king of the pitch. I'll, I'll, it's a flag plant. I can promise you, you know one spot in my lineup. If John McGinn is forward and like a Bubakar Kamara and Douglas Luiz are playing... I will have John McGinn in one of those spots. I think he's a talented player. That means a lot to me. He can get some shots. He can get up to 20 points with the goal. And I think keep up with everyone. And the salary makes it work. And it's leverage on Vardy, who's going to be, quote unquote, bad chalk. I don't want to play Vardy when he's going to be like 20% if he's the only cheap available forward. I don't want to play Lewis Hall in my king of the pitch. I can promise you I won't do that. Um, And there's other good players in this Villa spot too. I mean, you know, talking from a larger field GPP perspective, how many people are going to play six, pay sixty five hundred for my boy Jacob Ramsey? Are people going to play Ollie Watkins? At He's the, they're the, yeah, I was going to say they're the same price. Plus, yeah, plus one fifteen to score. That would be such a sick play, Ollie Watkins. So I think that's a game where Villa are going to they're going to put in a good performance. I think, and uh, you know, it's at home, good performance. They do have a little bit to play for. You know, even with their pride, I, I think it's just a good team, and the players are cheap. Um, and then the other spot. I think Tottenham have some pretty good plays. Um, it's I, I don't know what their attitude is going to be, but you're going to get low-owned Harry Kane. 
I mean, how amazing is that? He can score a brace in any matchup. Um, you know, maybe a penalty and a cheap tap in. Um, so Harry Kane, he'll be leveraged off of a really popular Rashford piece who's minus 150 to score. Um, and then you have other cheap guys. I talked to Ryan about this, but you have uh, you have 5,700 Dijon Kulishevsky. I mean, how sick a play would Decky be? He's going to be like a 1% owned guy in these spots, and he could easily pop off for 25 points. Not easily, but I mean, like it's a good play in these type of payout structures, easily. I think. Yeah, yeah, I'm using it as a relative term, right? Like not that, like much more easily than Lewis Hall. And you're not going to so, be shocked whenever Kulishevsky goes off. So, so I think the, there's some great plays. As a Tottenham guy, we'll get, we'll probably get either Richarlison or Kulishevsky. Do you, if, like if one guy starts over the other, do you care who starts or is it just whoever starts, I'll use him? Oh, I mean, Richarlison, I would use him just for the same exact reason. I mean, okay. this is a guy who, he like Richarlison's I don't like doing takes like this, but he's a guy who like plays for pride. He's had a bad season. Like how much would it mean to Richarlison to get two goals in this matchup and get some positive momentum into the season? Like I can definitely see something like that. And it's a large field move because he's going to play 70 to 75 minutes, but he can absolutely do it. I mean, we're talking about leads. Leads stink. I mean, are leads even alive? Could leads stay up or they is there a miracle? They can and they need to win. And then Lester and Everton have to drop points. So I see. It, it'll take some. Yeah, those are my takes. I mean, a couple of cheap Tottenham guys who will be 1% for that huge GPP. And then flag plant, John McGinn, baby. Let it rip. Ryan, what do you think? I don't. You don't have to give away your goods in your eight lineups. I mean, this means a lot more for um, you than it does for me. This is your living. But, I mean, what are you yeah, looking at? No, I agree with everything you said, just about the Spurs guys. Actually, except for the last thing you said, you know, it's a large field move because he might only get 70 minutes. Uh, for me, it's a small field move as well because pretty much everybody on this slate might only get 70 minutes save for, uh, you know, your Everton guys, maybe your Madison. But, Michael Keane. Right. But you can't really <laughs> trust – you can't trust any of – you can't – right. You can't – I don't think you can trust minutes like you usually can. You mentioned Arsenal guys coming off for some early standing ovations. You know, you're going to have – stuff like that happening. Um, so, yeah, I think those are all good points. I mean, something for the main GPP I would look at is – so you look at the teams with the three highest totals, United, Arsenal, and Liverpool. And who's sort of going to be the lowest owned attackers from those teams? Let's take Jaden Sancho. Martial. Cody or Martial, throw in Cody Gakpo in there, throw in Leandro Trossard in there. Pairing two of those guys, so pairing two of the lowest owned of those teams' attackers, um, I like that strategy. Um, because, you know, the, the, as, as you mentioned, Adam, these are the teams where a brace is likely to come from. And, you know, no one wants to click Trossard for 60 minutes, Sancho or Martial for 60 I don't know, maybe more people will want to play Gakbo, but not that many. Anyways, you see the point. You're just looking for players with big upside that people aren't going to really play. Um, yeah. So you're the Arsenal guy here. Do you believe these odds? 2.24 implied goal total. I know they're home against Wolverhampton, but what, what's the mindset here? They lost at Nottingham Forest last week, and, I mean, it, it wasn't like they were – 
they just dominated and it was like, okay, this is just a bad loss, just a random loss. It was uh, like, they didn't, they didn't, they haven't looked that great. Now this is the home finale. Okay. Playing in front of their fans, all that. But is this the bounce back spot where they win five nil or is it kind of the same as last week where it's like, okay, well they're, they're passing the ball around a lot, but the, the great opportunities just aren't there. Uh, how do you think they're going into this game here? Yeah. It's tough, right? They've been they've really stumbled to end the season. I mean, it was just a bad run of form. Some rumors of some injuries, maybe. Um, but no, my 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 gut says, you know, Arteta wants to end the season on a high. Arteta is not a manager that is going to throw any games away. I, you know, my guess would be that he lights a fire under their ass, and you know, he's going to want to come out and score three goals in the first half. Are they in form to do that? I don't know. But, yeah, no, I think Arsenal, this is an uh, an important-ish game for Arsenal, and they're going to take it seriously. You, I, I know. I, I think we could just see both sides of it. Because that, yeah, there's that, both. Yeah. There's that also, result there's that also Nottingham Forest, that yeah. came after a 3-0 loss against Brighton. So it's like – if he didn't light a fire under their ass then, why why is it now that he's going <laughs> All right. to right, exactly. You know, that's why, of course, it could go either way. There's another way where, you know, the season's over and they come out very listless and Emil Smith-Rowe comes on at halftime and, you know, Reese Nelson comes on in the 60th minute and Eddie Nketiah comes on pretty early. That could very easily happen. Um, I don't know. You asked me to take a guess. You know, I'm an Arsenal guy. I believe in Arteta. I think if I had to guess, they come out and play well and score some goals. But okay, I think of any of the games to have five, six, seven. I think it might be Liverpool, Southampton. Um, this is like the send off for Southampton in the Premier League, but I'm not sure what exactly it means for these guys. They've been bad all season. Uh, they're they're changing lineups every game. We don't know who's going to play. And, you know, this is JWP. Maybe this is a send off from Southampton and everything, but uh, it just feels like it could get out of hand for them. If they allow a goal in the first half, it's like these, these players just want to get out. They're just like, we're done with this season. We want to get out of here. Maybe, maybe it's the opposite of that. Maybe that they, they show something for their fans in the last game here, but I think that would be the game. Uh, Another team that I'm actually going to fade probably will be Manchester United. Uh, they did just confirm their spot Thursday uh, in Champions League. So they got some celebrations in. Uh, as CA Premium mentioned in the chat, they have the FA Cup coming up ne- next week. So maybe there's going to be a rotation, but they don't have a lot of players to rotate anyways. I guess we can get, you know, McFred in there in the in the midfield. That would be that would be something that would, would change things up because – then Bruno could have set pieces there again. Um, again, all these lineups could change, and a lot of our thoughts could change as well. But the thing that stood out to me, actually, uh, Fulham and Manchester United, the last team they played, I mentioned this on Kits and Wagers, but it was when Mitrovic got sent off, um, got his eight-game ban. And from what I'm reading from Marco Silva, Fulham – Fulham want this game. They want points from this game. This is going to be the most points at Fulham. If they can get points from this game, this is going to be the most points that Fulham has ever had in the Premier League. And then you look back at the last time these teams played, Fulham were winning 1-0 in the FA Cup. 
uh, at Old Trafford. And then Mitrovic and William both got sent off and they ended up losing that. Um, so that's just kind of my thoughts there. I think Fulham are going to get a point here at least. And I'm just going to fade Manchester United in that spot. But matchup wise, uh, Jack, you talked about a couple, Ryan. Does anything like so for your king of the pitch, eight tickets here? Are you going to have like a bunch of you're going to have your maybe you're going to let's say you have your four guys. Are you going to have like a bunch of one V ones and two V twos off of off of four guys? Is that how you're going to build your eight tickets here? Yeah. Um, it's tough and I, I haven't necessarily decided yet. You know, I don't think I won't. I, yeah. I don't know. It, it doesn't even matter to talk about it. Right. Like what is it? What does it matter? Like, I just, I don't know if a one V one is the, the smartest thing, you know, you're kind of throwing two lineups away. If, if something mm-hmm. goes wrong, I, I'll probably try to have more than that. Um, I'm not going to want to, I'm, I'm going to try to spread my ownership around a little more than I usually do, but yeah, I don't know. I mean, I don't really have too much to say about that. The, the other thing, yeah. I, I, you, you, I, what I was thinking about that for the main tournament, though, when you were bringing up maybe a big spot for Liverpool, maybe it's a big spot for Arsenal. I think just onslaught stacking those teams makes a lot of sense for the big GPP. I mean, spending up for definitely three guys. Like on Arsenal, it would be Jesus, Saka, Odegaard or throw Trossard in there. And honestly, maybe you even throw Kieran Tierney in there. Um, you know, you, you, you want, or Ben White, or, you know, Thomas party right back that too. Yeah. Something like that. Um, so I think that's, that's a strategy I would use to try to win that 20 K Liverpool too. Salah, Gakbo, whoever, you know, you, you, James Milner for you guys, uh, you know, with, with one of the defenders, <laughs> Um, but no, I, yeah, that, I think that's a good strategy. Um, I agree with you that Liverpool could score a ton. Who knows if Arsenal could, but I mean, probably there's going to be palace palace could score four or five, mm-hmm. um, pairing. So yeah, I would play like three guys from three or four guys from some of these teams and try to target, try to hit the game that scores five goals. Yeah, we've seen prior years, it's like there always seems to be one team that scores four or five goals. And a lot of times it's it's those big names that score. I remember, I mean, Tottenham, it was Kane, Son, and Kulishevsky, all, all the 20-plus points, 30 points, whatever it was last year. Jack, outside of Harry Kane, though, who is your favorite forward on the slate for tournaments? Who's going to be – who's most likely to get that brace, to get that hat trick? Because I know you're going to be on Harry Kane. So who else is it? Oh, if I'm not on Harry Kane, you keep on talking about Liverpool and how many people are going to spend the premium price for Mo Salah in this game? A lot. I'm sure it'll be reasonable. Are you sure? I don't think so. I think I think like someone like Jesus is going to be popular. And in a 200 person king of the pitch, I think Dwight McNeil is going to siphon off some of the Mo Salah ownership. Well, I guess and- we could even, sorry, but we could even look to the percentages that Ryan had last year with, with Harry Kane, it was 20, 25%. So it's like, even though these guys are all in great matchups, great goal odds, maybe none of them will be over 20, 25%. So it's like, okay, I think all these guys are in range, right? Yeah. And I, I, I was jokingly thinking about this when I was thinking about Mo Salah. So, I mean, if I can just talk about my strategy, I have one lineup. And if you only have a couple, you know, big lineups, I'm just trying to X off as many things as possible. I'm like, screw that. That's not going to beat me. So I'm like, all right, I already said Holland's not going to beat me. Good for you if he does. 
Dwight McNeil, if he starts as a left back, I mean, I was panicking about this yesterday, but like Ryan made a lot of good points. I can beat Dwight McNeil if he scores 20 points from a left back. Like you can find those forward points in that slate. So I'm not going to play chalky Dwight McNeil. And I keep on crossing names off. And Mo Salah is a really difficult name to cross off. He's minus money to score a goal. And um, he can score a brace or a hat trick. I mean, he has that in his range of outcomes, absolutely elite player and that, and, and he's in a fantastic matchup. And if he's only 25%, that's, I mean, bring it on. I think it's not, it feels like a good play to me. So I'm pretty interested. I mean, if I could go to war with uh, Mo Salah and Harry Kane, that would be some like throwback fantasy premier league days when I first started paying attention to, uh, when I first started paying attention to soccer. You got to think Kane will be – Kane's not going to be 25% in this contest. He's going to be like 10%. You know, yeah, right? and it's irrational, oh. but I'll let myself be irrational because it's like mathematically a good play. It would – like if Kane goes to Bayern next year and this is his last game and he scores a hat trick and he could have made me rich, just you make can't me live with I can't, yourself, right? I can't live with I can't live with that reality. So, therefore, I will, I will just make that decision. And plus, you know – And it just happens to be a good play. Yeah, so perfect. I can I can stomach it as an emotional person and as a and as a spreadsheet nerd mathematician. Why is Kane only going to be ten percent here? He's got the same odds as Salah. He's fifteen hundred cheaper. Salah has to worry about at least percentage wise. He, he I mean he's in the same price range as Holland. Okay, so. maybe I'm maybe I'm wrong. I just he I just didn't. Yeah, I don't know. Last last year, Spurs were in one of the best spots. Clearly, people knew they were going to thrash Norwich there was a much different feeling at that time this season you're going to have Rashford for the same price Saka for the same price McNeil above Salah above and popular guys like Jesus I don't know maybe I don't know there's it can't get I, out of there's, hand there's no way he's going to be 25 percent again I, I may I could be wrong yeah I, I, I argue here I'm on Kane's behalf or on Jack's behalf here just that no matter even if Tottenham have looked terrible in a lot of these games lately. He's still scoring. Uh, he's scoring in like every game. Just imagine that maybe Tottenham have one of their good games here and they get three or four goals. And there you go. There's there's Kane getting this brace, getting an assist as well, something like that. But we're heading up on 90 minutes here. So no one's going to play? Callum Wilson. Maybe. No, you Where's think it? so? People, people will actually play him? Is he yet? Uh, no, it's probably not. You're right. All those guys. Yeah, he's too expensive, so he won't be that popular. Eighty-five hundred. Yeah, yeah, I mean, we just saw Chelsea gave up four pretty, pretty poor goals against Manchester United. So why are we? Why do you think that's going to change against Newcastle? But again, Can we have I all we have all the motivation factor. Yeah, go ahead, Jack. Yeah, we, we're at like the gigabarians portion of the show, <laughs> so thank you if you're still listening. But I mean, like how fun does it have to be for these premier league teams just to totally beat up on Chelsea, right? Like this has to, this has to mean a lot to some of these guys like Trippier. He's going to want to, he's, he's suffered a humiliating own goal against Chelsea. So, you know, I, I I had this thought when he was playing for Tottenham, he, it was a beautiful, beautiful finish against Hugo Lloris on a horrible back pass. But I don't know. I feel like, I feel like it's got to feel good for some of these guys from smaller teams. You know, Chelsea spent nearly a billion dollars on players and they just, they're just getting blown up. That has to feel good when you're a professional. I don't know. That's my irrational take. Uh, that's not DFS advice. I I'm agree. sure it feels good to everyone. There was a time I would, Chelsea felt invincible for a while when they had Mourinho. I remember just all the times being an Arsenal fan when it was Arsenal Chelsea, like going in just thinking we had 
no chance to win. So yeah, all all this people are loving all this stuff that that's happening with Chelsea. I agree. I, I'm just looking at. I didn't see this question for Ryan. Do you remember who was the most owned but biggest flop last year? Was it Cavani? Cavani got like 10% and definitely flopped. I mean, I mentioned Calvin Phillips was so, so popular and scored like three points. For me, I took a couple chances in King of the Pitch. I think I had two Hakim Ziyech. They were playing Watford. Somehow they chased the whole game. And he, he finished with like nine points or something. Reese got an assist at the end, I remember, to, to draw, to salvage a draw. I also had a Mason Mount. There's absolutely nothing. Chelsea in that spot against Watford. Um, I remember people played – I don't know, not, not that any of this matters. I think Liverpool forwards busted and, and City forwards busted. Both those teams were still playing for something, if I remember correctly. Yeah, I'm not sure. doesn't matter. Either. Not that it matters. Yeah, I know. It's I think it was two years ago. Maybe it was Liverpool got they had one of those big four or five goal games, something like that. But my last point I'll say is that just keep an eye on lineups. Again, if you're you have questions about formations, there's zero chance that Opta is going to have all these formations. You know, and looking looking great. Um, Liverpool won three one last season, and it, they they scored a goal in the eighty fourth minute and eighty ninth minute. So after some saves. Can, after some subs came on, but just in terms of these formations, hit up our discord, rotowire.com slash chat, but you're also going to see motivations for some of these teams, what, what they're going to be looking like. You're going to see the West Ham motivation. You're going to see Manchester United, even, even team like Brentford. This could be, if Brentford put out their a lineup, you know, Thomas Frank's going for it. Brentford's last home match and Brentford could beat Manchester city, Manchester city twice in one season. They could be Manchester City, the England, the champions in the league, and then possibly Champions League champions uh, in Europe twice in one season. You don't think the, these Brentford players care about that? So motivations, you'll you'll find out a lot once lineups come out. But Jack, yeah, I just sorry, Ryan, I just wanted to say ahead. the one the one thing. There's going to be some surprises with lineups. There always are uh, on this last day and you got to be prepared for it. I mentioned some of them that happened last year, but there was a bunch with Cavani. And then there was, there was this young kid who started for crystal palace. I think he might've had three names for mid price. Oh, yeah. He ended up getting, I mean, I would say decent ownership, not like a lot, but seven, 8% or something. I remember in, in some contests, I mean, the year before that Manchester United, a min price forward stopped up popped up i want to say it might have been Langa, and he actually scored and you know do you remember that two years ago i mean you're, you're gonna get stuff you're gonna get stuff on this slate like that um so just like don't be locked into to your lineups before you see what happens there's important stuff to analyze for the everton lineup really before you need to before you make any other decisions and then yeah we're gonna get some surprises from these teams 100 uh Jay Suron, he had he went 67 minutes, 3.9 fantasy points. I assume he was 3K in that one. Yeah, he was definitely played in King of the Pitch by yeah. more than a few people. I, I so probably like, played him in a lineup. That, but that stuff happens, yeah. Jack, any other thoughts here? Uh, well, be on the lookout for 3,600 Anthony Gordon. We might go through that national. Yeah. $3,600 Lucas Mora, Jack, to pair with Harry no. Kane. I can't, I can't do that. that <laughs> his final me, game, his final yep, game. That we could me. build, 
We could build rosters with players' final games with their teams. You got like Milner, Firmino, Lucas Mora. Yeah, I mean, go ahead. Firmino might be like a quote-unquote sneaky play. I don't know. Uh, yeah, I don't know. Anthony, yeah, just you can go through all these cheap guys and just be prepared. What are you going to do if a cheap forward comes into play and you want to watch them? That's something that you can uh, That's something that you can be prepared for ahead of time if you like to tinker like me ahead of things. Um, otherwise, last thoughts? I don't know. It's my first year at Rotowire. It's been fantastic. Thanks to all the subscribers. You're all awesome. Thanks for making this possible. Play the best yeah. plays. That's also yeah. what you're going to say, right? Play, play the best, best plays. plays. Yeah, just oh, play the best awesome. plays. Don't be like me. It's been a great year. Rotowire.com slash soccer trial. Thank you, Ryan, for your work this season at Ryan Belangi on Twitter. Jack, award winner at Jack Burkhart on Twitter. On Twitter. Uh, hopefully, we're going to get another Rotowire subscriber if not one of us winner in king the pitch this season hopefully it'll come from the rotowire web Uh, but good luck with all that and we will have some kind of something for the fa cup final something for the champions league final We'll, we'll see what we bring out for those but that's it for the premier league season 93 minutes congrats guys for not having to go to the bathroom during this break here during the show uh, we need, we do need the break, but thanks guys. We're going to have, we're going to have a busy Sunday. Once these lineups come out, we only have one hour. It'd be nice if we got two hours, like if it was champions league, if we had two hours to actually build these lineups, but we got to, once the lineups come out, we got to start cooking. We got to start building these lineups right away. And if there's some massive, you know, changes in lineups in, in formations, then uh, that's when things get really tricky, but thanks Jack. Thanks, Ryan. I'm at Rotozadroik. See everyone in the Discord, rotowire.com slash chat. Thank you for the season. And everyone, make sure to like and subscribe as usual. Good luck. Good luck, everybody. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger. Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.